Let us remember we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of God. Hello, this is Rick, and welcome to the Presence Podcast, episode number 147. 147. It is Sunday of Memorial Day weekend, and I sit here on my screened-in porch, which I call Serenity Place or Shalom Place, on what is a quite warm evening. Uh, Some evenings that I've been sitting out doing these recordings, I have had to put on a sweater or sweatshirt, but tonight that is not the case. It's quiet. It's lovely. There's a fair amount of light. The moon is almost full. And I reflect upon a bright and warm Sunday, grateful for experiencing the presence of God in various ways at various times. And as such, I kept my eyes, my ears, and my soul open during the day in order to be awake and aware of that presence of God. So if you have a few minutes, please join me. I can't have you here physically with me, but I hope you're here in spirit. And I hope that you learn something about the experience of God from hearing my experience and then reflecting on your own. So today, Sunday, was a unique Sunday because as a high school teacher, I am usually very busy on Sundays. Sundays tend to not be recreational days for me, days when I can do work that is not schoolwork. But this being a three-day weekend and Memorial Day not really holding anything special in particular for me or my family, in other words, we don't have any traditions, we don't travel, we don't feel that there is anything to do, and the fact that my wife and I are both still teaching this coming week, it is typically a work day. And it will be a work day tomorrow, I think, for both of us. Well, what that means is that today did not have to be as much of a work day. So I did do two things that, um, well, I can't say that I like to do. One of them I like to do, but one of them I needed to do. And I see a similarity in both that they are tasks that are important that take some short-term labor, but provide fruitfulness and benefits well beyond what I invested in time with them today. Well, the first sequentially during the day has to do with my digital passwords. Now, I know that is a topic that everyone hates. You know, I think there are a few things about this digital world that we live in that are more aggravating, more frustrating, more confusing, really, than the vast amount of passwords that we have to keep. I have a list of the websites that I have signed up for, and it's a spreadsheet, and there are well over 250 of them. Now, all the experts say make it a hard password that no one can hack. Uh, Make it a different password for each source. Don't write your passwords down. And, oh yeah, remember what your password is. Now, I've known about for a while these password managers, and I, I tried one a number of years ago and used it for a little while, but then decided not to use it for a while. And um, recently came across an article that just was absolutely firm in saying, you need a password manager. 
And I also um, was kind of reminded of the importance of this because uh, just a week or so ago, sorry for the passing helicopter there, sorry, just about a week or so ago, maybe two weeks ago now, Twitter announced that uh, a whole host of their users' passwords weren't necessarily hacked, but they were exposed. And they recommended that everyone whose password was exposed, and mine apparently was one of them, change their password. Now, the problem for me is that unlike what the experts say, I do have a number of passwords that are similar. And the Twitter one was similar with some other ones. So I know, I knew that I needed to change that one, but I was too busy, and then I really didn't, wasn't sure how I was going to do it, so I put that off. I procrastinated. But today, my wife and I both decided that it was time to get a new password manager. We did some research. We found one that was highly rated and use it to set up these passwords. Well, she got started with it. God bless her. And especially because she is not the techie of the two of us, but she had some time yesterday to get started. So we were rolling with it and then we hit a snag and it led to some tense moments and frustrating moments. And they weren't moments that she was angry at me, but they were moments where we were trying to figure out why do we really need this? And as it turned out through the research, we really don't. And in fact, what we had was going to cause problems and we tried it and it just wasn't working. So cooler heads prevailed. We came up with a solution about ways to create unique passwords, hard to crack passwords, but yet easy to remember. And later on in the day, I started redoing my passwords, starting with my Twitter account. Now, how is God present in this? Well, I think God's presence was there, first of all, in getting me off of my butt and getting started on something that needed to be done. I also think God was present in the recognition and the realization that this fancy schmancy app and service, which you notice that I'm not naming here because it really doesn't matter was really unnecessary and it was more work than it was worth. Some users perhaps of digital files and folders might find it valuable, but we didn't need it. And I think the grace to recognize that, especially without having greater conflict with me and my wife and us digging in and, you know, getting into an argument over this, cooler heads prevailed, grace worked, and we were able to move on. That gave me more time later in the day to do something that I do enjoy, and that is grilling. Now, I like to grill chicken breast. I generally don't grill steak. We don't eat much steak around here. And I find doing fish on the grill is just really, really difficult. So most of the time it's chicken or kebabs or vegetables or things like that. And today it was a number of chicken breasts. And it, the few times before, I kind of messed them up, and I would always marinate them in oil, sometimes salad dressing, sometimes just olive oil with spices. But turns out, my wife found out that that is not the best way of doing it. So I found another way with olive, no olive oil, scratch that, but soy sauce and spices in a plastic bag, or today it was in a sort of a bowl that I put the uh, marinade over the chicken. And um, it turned out really well. 
Now, one of my kids didn't like it because she's kind of picky. But my other child, my son, did. And we have leftovers, three large chicken breasts that will serve us at least the next couple of days. And it was a God presence moment as I was out there cooking by myself. Now, we don't have a place in our backyard where we can put the grill. So I have to literally roll it out of the garage, (laughs) the propane grill onto the driveway and then cook there and then roll it back into the garage. Someday, I'm hoping that we have somewhere in our backyard that uh, we can place the grill. Regardless, it was a good experience being out there cooking. Uh, There was some activity. I was trying to balance things and juggle things, but that was fine. And just enjoying the evening, enjoying the time of not having to do a lot of schoolwork today, and just enjoying being present. I think there's a funny little thing about grilling, and my students always laugh because they never really thought of this. In the Old Testament, which is one of the Bible subjects that I like to teach, frequently a sacrifice is made. And usually a sacrifice is an animal like a lamb or an oxen or perhaps a bird. But there are a special kind of sacrifice called burnt offerings, which in Hebrew, it is very similar to the word holocaust. And you'll actually sometimes see that in the Bible text itself, a holocaust was prepared. And that means a burnt offering. And it says more often than not that God enjoyed the scent, the smell, the aroma, the smoke of the burnt offering, which as I explain it to my students, is essentially barbecue, right? Killing an animal, putting it on the fire, cooking it, letting the smoke go forth. That's what I call barbecue. And I think it's a natural to experience a God presence moment in the barbecue, smelling the smoke and enjoying the handiwork which cooking over a fire brings. And I think, I hope perhaps, God enjoyed the smell today as I barbecued, and I enjoyed the experience of the presence of God. So in conclusion, what surprising ways do you experience the presence of God? And as you go about your tasks over the next day or so, can you seek to experience God's presence in the most mundane of tasks? The cooking, the washing the dishes, the washing the car, the commuting to work, whatever it might be, uh, doing something around the house that you put off doing, cleaning. Can you experience the presence of God in those things? Because my belief is, and, and perhaps you've come to this conclusion, is that the Spirit of God permeates everything within creation. God is always with us. Yet, we are not always aware of that. And the more that we can become aware of that presence in the midst of anything and everything that we do, I truly think the happier we are, the more generous, the more kind, the more secure, the more loving, and ultimately, the more at peace we are. Because we know that no matter where we go, what we do, we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of God. Thanks so much for listening. Blessings and peace.